Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, morning. My coach as usual, Aiden. I think, guys, Arsenal, they got struggling, Burnley, you know, desperate for looking for any sort of points. And Arsenal, you know, I think the reward for winning the game would be go back on the top of the league. Yeah. Uh, the mouth-watering clash at the Emirates, uh, though that, you know, being said also, a lot of absentees for Arsenal going into the match. No Ben White, no Smith Rowe, no Jesus, no Party, and no Martin Odegaard. I mean, the only thing I want to bring up regarding the Odegaard thing, um, I don't know if we brought it up last week or even the podcast, but what I don't understand is how Arteta can't be like, you know, upfront with the whole story. Yeah. The thing was, that they first said it was the hip injury keeping him out, and then we find out that in training he actually got concussed, and that was the thing that was actually not keeping him out of that and the international break as well. Oh, and they and they, they oh, I know it's the the guy who kicked him. I think they kicked him with the ball against his head, eh? Yeah, something like that. That was the, the story. Uh, but I mean, I just hope now also this you know this period that, that now with this close to two weeks off is going to be you know good for people like him and those that were you know absent for this game at, at the Emirates was Um versus company with it, you know a, a tough task. At the end, okay, you know, with the run, uh, running of the club now in the uh, Premier League campaign, I think it, uh, he's finding the task way to, uh, you know more difficult than you know the way he was cruising in the Championship, because I think he now probably also realizes the Premier League is a totally different animal. Yeah, especially with the squad he has, you know, he, 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 the quality of players you have, not no disrespect to them, but. You can't play the game you used to play in the championship. Like, I mean, his squad stayed more or less the same, if I'm not mistaken. He never had too many additions, like the Nottingham Forest or so, where they came up. Yeah, because I think also the club's owners were also very, um, you know, to put it lightly, like very sparingly with the sort of fines that they were giving for the Premier League campaign when they should have really, you know, I think injected in all parts of the, you know, like really bloated the squad a bit for the, a Premier League captain because as I mean, you hit a nail on the head because sometimes I think these players, you know, they think you know when they they you know cruising to a title in the in the championship, there's going to be rough, like, you know, almost like the same thing, and you can see that the sort of players uh, of the Premier League, you know, that, that are you know almost like they thrive in the, it's almost like they know exactly how to pick a team like that apart. So you can see also the way the other teams at the bottom. Like that, you know, from the promoted sides, are uh, they were also like you know languishing because I mean, Sheffield United can't really get the you know like the, the uh, run going, and I mean Luton Town almost like at times for them a draw is almost like a win at the moment. Yeah, no, they they also seem to be struck. Like I can see basically the same three teams going down actually this season. I mean, only thing I'm not sure of. I mean, like when now I mean look with the news breaking on on. On Friday, about Everton getting docked the 10 points, uh, and I mean, immediately falling into the relegation zone. Uh, I mean, what I don't understand is like, uh, just to like, you know, go side topic a bit in the in this podcast. Uh, I mean, they've got like what one charge and they get docked the 10 points, and then you got Man City yeah. and 14 or 15 charges. Uh, they are, uh, you know, almost like seemingly untouchable. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous of of, of um, how they, they the thinking behind that is that they I mean they get punished for ten points. I mean, 
I'm sure nobody would complain in Everton, but I mean, Man City's getting away with murder all the time. So, where's yeah. the consistency? Fully agree. Um, back to the match. Um, the game kicks off, and you do see Burnley trying to, you know, fill the spaces on the pitch. Uh, you know, almost have to do a, a frustrating job on Arsenal. And I mean, Arsenal at times, like, you know, trying to overplay, overpass. And I think that was almost like just playing into Burnley's hands in the beginning. Yeah, no, they just seem to to be able to to nullify us and, and frustrate us. It seemed like the other way to be was working and I was watching this game. I'm thinking to myself, we, we should be punishing Burnley. I mean, they're not the good side and away from home as well. So we just need that breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, you know, Arsenal's not, you know, cramping, cramping up the pressure. And in the 20th minute, Saka ends up forcing the Burnley keeper, uh, Trafford, to tip uh, his shot onto the crossbar. Yeah, I thought that, that was going in, but it was just a warning signs for Burnley as Arsenal start to, you know, take a firm grip hold of the game. Yeah, then 26 minutes, Arsenal on the ascendancy this time again. Uh, the pressure forces uh, Jordan Bayer to head against his own goal, with Trafford again having to be forced into a save. Did you see there was a foul for that, wasn't it? Um, Kasaka used his two hands to push. Was it that when Kasaka pushed? That guy with the, the two hands and then he, he did the ball was in or that incident. Yes, yes, but, yes. And the, the it flew for a, a foul. So um in a way the consistency. Or double standards. But I mean we're still gonna get into that also in this whole pod. Um so then thirty first minute Saldiva ends up making an error. I think it was going a bit too easy for Arsenal. Arsenal getting you know lacks as we all know sometimes. Uh this let's in Goodmanson. And he, you know, ends up bursting through on the Arsenal goal. And then ends up forcing Raya into a good save. Then a minute later, uh, Jay Rodriguez again cuts inside the Arsenal defence. Uh, and, you know, looks the line up. And I mean, I was like, really ex- uh, expecting, like, you know, a heavy, like a power drive. But I mean, he ends up with a sh- uh, tame shot. And I mean, it was easy work for David Raya. Yeah, I know. But I mean, you know, Arsenal showing that they can easily, you know, keep goals away. They're not switched on. It's sort of really are the lapses of that of sometimes in, in games like this is the thing that really irks me sometimes because you think look why are you always allowing yourselves to get you know like bullied in your words why are you always bully me type of thing yeah <laughs> then uh 45th minute actually 46th minute uh Zunchego ends up crossing the ball into the box Saka ends up cushioning a far post here then Trasa ends up nipping in and nodding out but then also ends up clattering Gets created by the keeper and the, with a momentum also bundles into the post. One or Arsenal, but I mean, uh, Strossarding the stress on the pitch. Yeah, he was laying there. Everybody's like celebrating with even the whole crowd shouting and everything like that. Well, he's just laying there. But you know, we take the, the game and you know, you go into half time, one all up, and you think you're going to come out there cruising to, to get the second and a third. Yeah, then second half. Uh, 47 minutes, Arsenal, seemingly totally asleep and caught cold. Burnley, of course, come out, you know, literally flying. Uh, very sloppy by the Gunners, but uh, Escolesio ends up uh, bursting down the left flank, leaving, I don't know, all, all defenders really in his way. He ends up rounding Raya, but I think he almost like over t- takes a bit too much, uh, too many touches, but and Arsenal end up almost like half smothering him and bundling the ball away for a corner for Burnley. Yeah, I know that was Arsenal again, you know, switching off there. They they always switched off in the first five minutes of games and then sometimes it could prove costly for them. 
I mean, I'll, you know, it's just something that it's not kind of stuck with me since last season or the end of last season. That we that, that phase we go through, we we almost like so switched off in the first that what you were saying in like the first five minutes because there's no games now, so I think are we now going to concede like you know nine seconds, ten seconds, or one or two or three minutes like that because. Sometimes it, it, it takes a while for them to really get in that flow. And, and I just find it strange. I mean, it's, it's like stuff that you, you should be ironing out already in your training sessions. 100%, I agree with you, Alan. And, and it's the same thing happening over and over, and that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Then 54th minute, Tomiyasu ends up uh, trying to shadow the ball out of play. Kolyosho uh, ends up out-muscling him. I mean, similarly, it did look like a free kick. I'm not sure. Um but Kolyosho uh, still tries to keep the move alive, pulls the ball back to Jay Rodriguez, who ends up getting his, or seeing his shot get blocked by Gabriel. And as the ball ends up breaking, because Arsenal again slow to react to on the rebounding ball. Ball small straight to Brownie, who ends up letting her up with a shot. The ball ends up, I think, flicking off between uh, Gabriel and Jay Rodriguez, and then the ball ends up looping past David Raya, and it's 1-1. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And all of a sudden, I'm starting to think, sure, could this actually be one of those games where we where we um, throw points away? Yeah, exactly. Uh, then, a minute later, uh, sorry, two minutes later, uh, 57th minute, Arsenal with a corner, the stunt Trossard ends up floating the, the corner, almost right onto the keeper. The keeper of Burnley, Trafford, on loan from Man City, he ends up being almost like, too static, ends up staying on his line. Burnley defense is also kind of in disarray, and Saliba ends up stealing in in space and nodding on from about a yard or two yards to one Arsenal. When I saw that goal at first glance, I thought Strasbourg scored a corner, and then the only like you know when you see it again, the replay out Saliba gets to it. But I mean that's a good goal for him, you know, keeping up. I think it's at his second goal for the season. Yeah, I think so. I'm not talking so. But I mean, it was also like to, to see the. Uh, first of all, I fully agree with you. I first thought also it was a, a ball curled instead from the corner. Um, that being said, also, uh, the, you know, if you think of the, the sort of corners that Rossard was dishing out in one of the previous games, we were, uh, was the Newcastle game. It was yeah. And this time around, it looks like. Probably Nicholas Yova has not really worked on on uh, Trossard and that because all in that six-year box like in the mixer and it was just causing total chaos for 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 Ben. Yeah, no, it was. I think they didn't know how to 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 deal with our corners. Now, yeah. By the way, I'll just check now. It was Saliba's actually one goal, one assist for the season. But I mean, he's, oh, assist. his stat rating is also damn high. I mean, like his average is like seven point three zero. Which is, I mean, very good, like in that green zone already as a centre back. So, I mean, no wonder we also up there right now. Because, I mean, like, you know, I think what the person also uh, missed is like when you look at, at the table also, when you see the sort of the amount of goals we're conceding, it's not like the way we were shipping in last year. I mean, it's almost like they've almost like nullified the, say, attacking side somewhat. To improve on the the, the control Defensive aspect, yeah, the, yeah, that is what what wants total control. Sometimes it may look you know a bit boring, but yeah, I yeah. think we we more or less in control of our own destiny. 
if you're looking at a lot of our games, you know, I don't think we we went behind a lot in games this season. Yeah. Uh, they have 59 minute Arsenal making the substitution of Howard coming off, Vieira coming on. Uh, then 74th minute, another Trossard corner, Burnley again can't deal with the danger. The defender O'Shea ends up helpless as his header ends up bouncing off his own crossbar. The rebound then comes out and Zinchenko ends up rushing in from outside the box and then comes in with a karate-style kick into the far corner and blasts the ball into the net. 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, interesting finish and a good goal by Zinchenko. I think he, his performances have been improving since, you know, whenever he's been on the field. So, well, um, after, after, much, after much criticism. Yes. After much criticism. <laughs> Especially on this podcast. Yeah, and I just seems like he's finding his feet a bit again, you know, looking more assured and 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 really assisting the team with some attacking impetus, getting the ball, you know, as that inverted uh, left back. But you know, good finish nonetheless, and three one Arsenal. Yeah. Then at the first minute, Arsenal make a double substitution. Trossard and Saka coming off. On comes Nketia and uh, Rhys Nelson. Then at the third minute. Uh, Vieira red card, no qualms like from my side. Yet the same ref, Michael Oliver, this is the same ref that failed to send off Kovacic for that uh, violent tackle on Odegaard and uh, on Declan Rice, that late tackle on uh, Declan Rice. Both they got VAR checked and nothing was given. And yet this challenge gets uh, VAR checked and they agree that it's a red, a straight red. So truly bizarre. I mean, it, I think he, his foot was a glances off the guy's knee. I mean, of course, his foot was too high, starts showing. But again, what you said in the start of the podcast, where is the consistency of these officials? Yeah, it's like one thing's a red, another thing's a red. I mean, if you're going to give me the red card for... If you're going to give Kovacic a red card against Arsenal and you give Vieira a red card, you know, you kind of say like, okay, you know, this deserves to be whatever it is. But I mean, like you said... The consistency, it's, it's all over the place. Like, you know, they out-challenged, they pushed um, uh, Gabriel, like, you know, yeah. before. And then, you know, Saka does the same thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's a foul. And it wasn't a game also the other day when the, the, the thing wasn't called up again. In one of those, those past games also in the Premier League where the guy then had two hands on his opponent's back. He scores the goal. And then the, the goal got choked off. And then they said, like, now... We like how do you come to this conclusion now if if that other one wasn't given? As I said, it's like they put themselves in the sort of territory that it, you can't even like cover up for them. And and I mean I don't know if you, you saw this the, the the clip of of what that VAR headquarters looked like. There was an article I read today. This is almost like a bloody resort. I mean these guys have all this technology. They have almost like a like a wellness spa. Everything built in there. And then you see this sort of stupid and, and, and failed decisions. That's why, I mean, for me, the whole thing needs a, uh, like some sort of overhaul because there's something truly totally wrong with it. Because I, I don't say that the technology is wrong, but I think the people behind it is always in the wrong. Yes, I agree with that 100%. It's, it's the same, same, same scenarios all the time. And I don't know what, what the way forward is at the, I mean, sure. It's embarrassing because, I mean, you, you're sitting with all like high-tech technology. In all, like, you know, every sense of the word. And then you still have sort of, uh, like, failed uh, performances by these officials. Because 
what I also didn't get is like, look, Michael Oliver was even doing some um, game in, in, in Dubai even. So, I mean, since when do these refs do even things like that? Like, sure. so, that's, I don't know, because, I mean, no, the one thing I, I did hear, but of course, it's not just all talk, but uh, why not then bring refs from other countries into rule games? Because then maybe you, you have almost like a better sort of parity on, because on, you don't, because for me, a lot of the time, I, like, I don't want to start like a conspiracy theory, but uh, like sometimes you have refs that are from so-and-so area and they're refing a game against a team where they almost like your, your opponents, uh, it's almost like a ref that, that could even like be close to bias in, in, in your yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand. Because also like that time when I heard that rule of, um, I don't know which game I was watching, but then they were saying, oh yeah, the home team, like you allowed to, you know, go get a bit rash on on your challenges, and it will slide for like the ref will let it slide. And yet, if you like the opponent, you can get called up for yellow. And like you know, the, the, the crowd almost like when the crowd plays up like that, then you they, yeah, they dictate the decision basically. Like, but yet, when I watch Arsenal play, and I mean you and I and, and many of the Gunners and whatever, when we watch the matches, I mean I've watched matches at the Emirates and I've seen some rash challenges by. Uh, the by Arsenal get booked or rightly booked, and then you see the exact same thing happening, and the, oh, the ref just kind of uh, waves it away. Yeah, I just remember talking to or something like that. Yeah, that Arsenal fans groaning and like going on because that yeah. same challenge is uh, like a, two minutes before is a, a yellow, and now this challenge that seemingly on the same level or worse just gets like a, a ticking off. Yeah, because then I mean, then people always say, yeah, like Arsenal or Liverpool fans always think. Uh, you know, there's something like an agenda against it, but sometimes it does. It look very obvious. It looks very obvious. Yeah. What's playing out? No, uh, I I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. So then, the last few minutes, uh, Kivio ends up coming on for Martinelli to see the game out, and Arsenal, you know, bangs the three points, go like go temporarily top till the the uh, following day. But I mean, a great. Uh, almost like great sort of fixture to go into the international break into like my talking point section now because what I was going to bring up was like for me I think that the matches of last weekend it was really kind to us because I mean like with a league campaign uh, you had like uh, Chelsea and, and Man City playing out a 4-4 draw you had Luton and Liverpool uh, drawing 1-1 and then you also had uh, uh, was it Chelsea um, sorry, not Chelsea um, Spurs also Spurs. Losing back to back, also. Yeah. So I mean, I think Arsenal can be, you know, really chuffed going to the international break with that sort of. Because I mean, look, <clears throat> look, we had a bit of a shaky part after that last one where with the Newcastle game, it was almost like the controversial one in the mixer. And but, the Chelsea draw as well um, as we came back from the international break. So uh, those two tough away fixtures and just still be what I think we second on the table. I don't points on the goal difference after um, playing Newcastle away, Chelsea away. Um, so, you know, you kind of you know, go with the good or the bad at the moment. And, you know, you, 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 as long as you're touching distance. Yeah, I can't do we actually third, even though we like tied. Oh, third. Yeah. Because Liverpool are like on like plus one, uh, plus 17 goal difference and we plus 16. But I mean, I guess, on. City or uh, what's it? Uh, plus twenty. Okay, so we all we all on the same points. It's just um, yeah, different goals. Okay, but you take that still. Yeah. 
we also now wanted to bring up was <clears throat> the international break. Again, something that you and I said already, we're not that interested in. I mean, and this is like, you know, major tournaments. That's when we pull our Messi card where we, yeah. where we will sometimes say, oh, yeah, I think I want to retire with this. And then when the World Cup comes or whatever tournament comes, and you go, okay, I'm nominating myself again because we're coming back. You know, this is us with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, love it or hate it, but I mean, you, like, what was actually good was, I think with that, that, that sort of absentees we had, I think it was almost like the ideal time for them, that, that two weeks to, you know, just lay off everything and, and you know, try to, you know, get on the men themselves, like with the club's help and that, and hopefully be ready for the for the Brentford game next weekend. Yeah, that's a way for a moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's not the easiest game to go and play. You don't know what Brentford turns up. Sometimes you get steam around them or sometimes they give you... You know, real grey hairs to get the result. So, but I mean, you know, we have been also <clears throat> lacking creativity, and you can see Odegaard is not there. I mean, I know he look. I, I think that that injury was almost like the thing that was holding him back and holding him sluggish. Because look, you and I also were talking about that that underperforming thing of his, and I think that was probably the injury that was lingering in the background that wasn't probably made public at first, and that was the thing that was almost like. Keeping him from like you know from the side and us or when he was playing that that he wasn't truly being that creative player that we know he, he can be. Yeah, no, I mean he only played, he never played in the Newcastle game, right? No, yeah. he, did. He, he only played um, Chelsea and was it even Mr. Sheffield United game? Yeah, but uh, you must also remember he was risking that in that uh, game at, at in the West Ham game when we got tonked. In the oh yes, yes, I remember that as well. That's what, what made the injury even worse, and that's what made him not playing that other game, the we like the, the weekend game. Sure. So as I said, I mean, I think when you take on Brentford, you're gonna need you know your 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 classy players to to dominate that midfield because you also don't want them to steamroll really because I mean once the ball comes that final final third, that look at Buemo and them and then we sign them, they are. You know, when they're like on form, they're offline. A lot of people miss, you know, Ivan Tony and that. But for me, like you got, like especially if you look at the midfield, you got that Yannel, Nogard and Jensen. They are the grafters and they're not that creative. But I mean, for me, when they start winning the ball and, and it breaks to the, the attacking two of, of that Nguemo and, and Wissa, then you do have issues. Because I mean, if you look at the teams, they've also... Uh, you know, put away the season. And I mean, they were very unlucky because I think they got a bit too cocky at Old Trafford. Old Trafford, yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, other than that, they they really dispatched teams because I mean, like the way they also uh, dispatched uh, West Ham also a few weeks ago. It says a lot about the sort of squad that they have. And I mean, Thomas Frank, I find, is a fantastic coach. Yeah, no, I, I do like him. He's his nice personality and he's, you know, very honest and. His team plays an honest way as well, so, you know, like him. Okay, now the final point I want to bring up before we wrap up the podcast. Um, player in and outs for the um, for January. Um, do you think it's all worth holding on to, you know, people like Smith Rowan over the, the, the period of January, like the winter period? Look, Smith Rowan probably till the end of the season and you see where it goes because... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, where, where we stand with him because it's like, it's like Patet is probably going to grow fed up with him, almost like with, with Tierney. 
where where they just kind of can't um, handle it anymore. That is injury prone, especially when it matters. And then that's was the, the, the issue that ended up. Um, see, because right, the straw that broke the, broke the camel's back for TNA probably. And I think it's going to happen with Smith Rowe. But I don't know, we might still need him on hand, you know, until the end of the season, because it depends uh, on we're going to have any incoming. So. Yeah, but I mean, look, I, like the, the one little rumor I heard was uh, Arsenal using Smith Rowe's make weight for Douglas Ruiz, Louise, so. Oh, I know we're talking about Ruiz. Douglas Louise of, of Aston Villa because I think they're looking for some sort of short-term replacement to help out with Thomas Party, who probably yeah, I know. might go on the African Nations Cup trip of theirs. No, we need something like that. Even if it's a loan move for six months to make to offer to make permanent if it works out. But yeah. Party is just he's, his mind is elsewhere almost. You know, he he's how much games has he actually played? I mean, he played up until Man United game in what's it September, and then you know you didn't see him until the City game where he had that cameo, and then you just didn't see him now until when January maybe, and he's gonna go to the African Cup of Nations. So he's out till till Feb or mid Feb yeah. probably, and then it's only like what two months left, two and a half months left in the season. I mean, I just checked now; he actually played four matches this season. Sure, I mean. This guy was also a, a stalwart in the team last season to a point. I mean, so now you lose Shaka and him, basically. So I, I do think we're going to have to go in with someone that can 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 kind of alleviate pressure of Declan Rice. Because like I said, we want Declan Rice catastrophe injury away from, you know, us reassessing where we are going to be at the end of the season. You know, I, still can be said with Titi and Andre. You know, I, I mean, I, I saw a, a rumour the other day also of... of um... Uh, you know, us being linked to that Chouameni of Real Madrid. And I, I mean, I just find he's almost like, you know, just getting wasted at Real Madrid because like, while Kamavinga is there and that you're not really going to get in there. And I mean, I think he's somebody that, that should be starting almost like every week. I mean, I think it's only based on injuries really when he gets dropped in the side for Real. Yeah, but even if you see that Kamavinga doesn't even start in his natural position or when he plays, you know, it's always like he gets forced as a left back or something like that. So oh, yeah. it, you you have two options maybe there that you know one of them you could bring to to the Emirates to kind of be a long term replacement for party and allow Declan Rice to play his game and also maybe be protection should Declan Rice you know pick up a niggle and needs to be arrested. Yeah. And I mean, is there any outs? Because I mean, I, like oh, like I was first thinking also <laughs> when I saw. You know, Cedric's still named in the squad, like, as okay, he's injured right now, but I mean, still, like, still have, like, do you still keep these people, like, you know, around, or, like, how do you go about things? Like, you know, like, Cedric, I mean, look, look if, if, yeah. if you can have incoming, or, like, you have a player that can deputize, because, you know, Arsenal have this take, take tendency to have a cluster of injuries at the same time, so, like, you have Tomiyasu Tommy and Ben White both getting injured, and then, you know, what do we do for a right back? I mean, you know, Cedric's injured now, but I mean, if you're gonna, if you have a maybe, also should maybe, if you're gonna get rid of Cedric, you need to blood in a new youngster that's maybe, you know, 16, 17 years old, that yeah. can be third choice right back, you know, that, you know, won't mind sitting on the bench and we are on a position on the bench. And you give him game time here and there just to get some confidence, almost like they did with Gibbs and, and um, Clichy. Yeah. Or the Clichy, Cole, Ashley Cole, sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. I fully agree with you. Because, I mean, I, I really miss Arsenal again blooding a youngster or, or a couple of youngsters that that can also like, get a foothold in the team. And I, I don't think, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's the Arteta way in it, but, I mean, if you compare it, like, look, um, Emery was the one that brought through Saka, no? Okay. Yeah. And Smith-Rowe as well, was it Wenger that was with him? No, I think Wenger was with but I mean, the, the, almost like the kind of legacy that, that, that uh, Emery left was him blooding in, in, in Saka and that. But I mean, I just don't see Arteta really blooding in anybody of the of the youngsters. I mean, yeah, find it a bit weird. I mean, it's almost like, <coughs> excuse me, you're, excuse me, you're rather buy than than um, you know uh, promote uh, your youngsters or something like that. Because it would be cool to watch, like, because look, I, I, like I find also the, the the right flank where Saka gets almost like overplayed in it, and he, we, almost like we don't really have a natural. Guy that will slot in the immediately. Yeah, it's always like somebody that's going to like, you know, square pegs in round holes type thing. Because, I mean, you can see like, the, the sort of play that we go at, at, at is like we're looking for somebody that does do the cutting in part and either to whipping a shot at goal or somebody that can take the ball out wide and, and you know, bend in. But uh, as I said, there's nobody really that you can have right there as a, a direct replacement that, that's also comfortable in that position. Because sometimes it, like even when they switch Martinelli on that side, or we it's he's not that comfortable because he's dangerous almost like on used to be on that left. Oh yes, when he pulls himself out wide and can cut yeah, in. Exactly. Um yeah, so we'll be back next week uh, discussing the Brentford game and the Lawns game. Uh hope you guys take care, enjoy the weekend and the international break. Bye. Cheers guys.